Oh man, it's so creepy. You know what it is. I wish I can. I'll get better at these intros. I promise. <laughs> oh. Well, just introducing them or, or making them. No. Um. So, well, hey, welcome to Couch on Fire podcast. I'm Rob. That's Griffin. Um. What up? We are here talking about some summer of horror. Uh. But before we talk about that, the answer to your question, Griffin. Basically, it's just a free download of some horror. This guy he made a whole bunch of horror theme shit sound effects and stuff. This one is a uh, little girl with some creepy violin in the back and she says, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Mm -hmm. So it's very uh, it's very creepy. I'm trying. Yeah, try children are just creepy as shit and just in general. <laughs> I'm trying to, uh, eventually I'll get very professional and just have it like smooth. Because basically it starts abruptly and it ends abruptly. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, hey, right now, boom, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Um, oh, my computer's shut. Oh, so, so we have like a, uh, like a jump scare at the beginning of the podcast, basically. Yes, yes. That's a good, that's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah, one of these episodes, should just we should just scream into the microphone as soon as the episode starts. Drive off like 80% of our listeners just right at the start. Get us off to a good start. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, Griffin. <sighs> All right. So, so you told me earlier today that mm -hmm. you want to see child's play yes the new one obviously new one. Yes. um and yeah i would love to hear your opinion on it and thoughts it was my emotions at the end were a mixture of genuine interest um little satisfaction and majority is just blinding rage um <laughs> There, there was so much potential there, and I think I agree with the... I was looking up reviews afterwards. I agree with the majority of people there. It shouldn't have been a Child's Play film. Because I fucking hate Child's Play as a series. I despise it. I can't answer why I decided to go see a movie in the series. If I hate the series, I don't know. Um, but the great parts about the movie were great in spite of the connection to the franchise. In fact, there was hardly a connection at all. I think it was like a... It's set like a long time after the start of the original Child's Play. It's like the same characters and everything. They just do different things. Yeah. You know, they so fill it, different roles. Is it like a reboot? It, it's like a remake, I guess. Because um, okay. it's, it's all the same characters. It's just instead of being set in like the 70s or 80s, it's set in modern day with all the technological advancements therein. Um, Chucky is no longer just like a, a toy that gets possessed by a, a vengeful <laughs> spirit of a murderer. Yeah. Um, he's now basically evil Alexa, basically. This company that yeah. makes all the electronics in the fucking world, apparently, because um, they do TVs and toasters and all this kind of shit. They're all connected to this cloud, this like AI. And this guy, Buddy, as as he's referred to in the movie, um, he's supposed to be like a, a companion for kids. You know, like a something just to keep them company, you know, take care of their needs, order shit on Amazon that they don't need. You know, it's and I love the idea so much. Like have you ever seen the movie Her with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson? I have, yes. Great fucking movie, but imagine like the horror movie version of that, where people, <laughs> oh, God. 
where people have become way too fixated, way too invested in and reliant on technology, and it kind of turns around and bites them in the ass. So, so the silver lining of the movie is we're attached to technology, and technology is going to kill us. Pretty much. Not the, the premise. Line, the premise of it, yeah. Yeah, the, the premise is great. I think that if it wasn't focused on kind of fan service and following the idea of what Chucky is as a character, if it was just some random, like, homicidal AI robot thing, it would have a lot more room for what I enjoyed about the movie, which was some of the kills were really gory and interesting and like creative. And there were a couple of really fucking creepy scenes of just Chucky doing his thing. And just the idea of, you know, Alexa or any of these smart home technology things, they know so much about you. Like they know what music you listen to, what you like to order, the routine of your daily life. And I thought they were going to do something with that, you know, where he's he's aware of everything about their lives and he could use that information in so many devious ways and some scenes he kind of starts going in that direction but ultimately it's just wasted potential because at the end of the day you go to a chucky movie expecting to see a doll with a kitchen knife stabbing people and that's what you got well see two things one well first question where would you rate this in all the child's plays movies like what would you I mean, I'm sure it, you you have at least seen one, maybe even two other ones. <clears throat> I saw the I saw the first two in the series, and I tried to watch Bride of Chucky and could not get through like ten minutes of it. It was fucking awful. Um, this is probably my second favorite Child's Play movie behind the first one. Mm-hmm. The first one I think just was better executed. Yeah. Even though this one has a better premise and a more coherent storyline, like I, I never. I've never really been a big fan of like the whole voodoo possession thing, mm-hmm. even though it's, I mean, obviously it's all they could use cause they didn't know anything about, you know, technology or AI yeah. or shit back then. Um, I like this premise a lot more. I like the idea of an omnipotent uh, robot who starts out just like a simple toy. And then throughout the movie, he starts learning and learning and getting smarter and smarter and smarter. And, eventually just kind of fucking goes full psychopath and just starts killing people. Well, the thing the thing that gets me. So, I saw the trailer. I mm-hmm. love I love the posters for Chucky. Yeah, the Toy I, Story posters. Oh my god, they're fucking amazing. Like the marketing crew did an amazing job for this. So, I'm intrigued. You got me. I'm I'm ready. Mm-hmm. But it just I'm so reserved when it comes to remake um, horror movies, mm-hmm. especially slasher horror movies, because so in the 1980s, a lot of these movies came out. Early 90s, a lot of them came out too. And that at that time, there was just like it was a t- it was a different time. Like things work to, in my mind. I think horror movies they work they work. There's a lot of things that make them the best horror movies, and one of the things is timing. So to me, um, the new Child's Play. I, yeah, I, I read reviews. Um, I, I wasn't going to go see it in movie theaters. I didn't really get into the spoilers, but I've read reviews, and you know, people are mixed. People are like, well, you know, it's it's another Child's Play movie. Um, different story. A lot of people commend the, the story of it, and that there is some, some go- not, not gory, but some bloody murder scenes and stuff like that that they really care about. But I think um, it's just hard for me to go into it because 
you know, growing up, this is what I, I watched. I watched slasher horror movies. That's what, like, to me, that was the first really horror movies that really pulled me in. So it's it's scary. It's scary to me to know, like, oh, there's another, like, when they made Nightmare on Elm Street, they remade that. That was like, mm-hmm. oh, God, that was a fucking joke. And then, like, I'm just waiting for them to be like, oh, here comes uh, the new Friday the 13th. Well, it's funny you should mention that. Okay. I'm actually a lot more, I'm actually a lot more optimistic about horror remakes uh, than you are, specifically because the Friday the Thirteenth remake in two thousand nine wasn't terrible. It is oh, way did. better than That's like the right. fast. They did make a Friday Thirteenth. I didn't even watch it, dude. <laughs> that that remake. I know it wasn't amazing. And all the characters kind of sucked, but that was still better than like the last five Friday the Thirteenth movies. Well, at least as far as me, I, I've never been a big fan of like the campy, so bad it's good kind of horror. That's yeah. always that's that's never really been something I'm into. I'm into, so I can't enjoy like Jason X or Jason Goes to Hell or anything like that on a on like yeah. oh this is funny kind of level. You know, it, to me it's just it's annoying. It's like I want a serious horror movie about an invincible guy with a fucking machete running around killing people and that's what I got with the 2009 remake was it perfect? No but it had a lot of really inventive creative kills it was one of the darker and more menacing versions of Jason Voorhees mm-hmm. and it had a relatively if you ignore the last five minutes it had a satisfying ending I hate the like random uh, at the last minute oh he's actually alive kind of twist yeah. that they have in all the horror movies these days well, see, like, it's just slasher films for me. Mm-hmm. Re- remakes of other horror movies, um, sometimes the remakes are better. There's actually, there's two remakes that I think that stand out, at least for me, the best remakes of the original horror movies. And <clears throat> and they're not slasher films. One of them is, um, uh, what is it, Evil Dead. They remade that. Sam Raimi was a part of the new remake. He didn't direct it, but I'm pretty sure he mm-hmm. produced it. But the remake, I think, was splendid. I thought it was great. And then The Hills Have Eyes, the remake of The Hills Have Eyes. That was 20 times better than the original. No offense to the original, but it was it was older. I think it was in the 60s, maybe in the 70s, I think. And it's just really uh, the remake in the early 2000s of The Hills Have Eyes were just, it was just so good. It was just so bloody. It was so like, oh, uh, you know, I'm going to fuck you, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. It's just a... Uh, well, I'd like to add a third onto that list that you may or may not have seen, but the new, it is a slasher. It's the new Halloween that just came out like last year. Really? Dude, I will be perfectly honest. I'll state a kind of controversial opinion. I don't like Halloween as a franchise. I just, I'm bored by it. Like I saw the, the first one was competently, the first one is like the Seinfeld of horror movies. It's okay. competently put together. And at the time, I'm sure it was groundbreaking. But horror has undergone such a massive transformation in terms of the culture around it, the technical and, I don't want to say intellectual, but like the writing expertise of the people behind it has gone through such an upgrade that watching the original Halloween now is an exercise in boredom. It is so long before anything happens, and when it happens, there's no creativity or finesse to it. It's just, he's in a mask, he stabs people. Well, see, that's what goes back to what I was saying earlier. At that time, when it came out, it was everything. Because it's all about mm-hmm. timing. Like, if you watch, even when you go back and watch, um, you know, 
you okay we'll just stick with Halloween even when you like you said when you go back and watch it it's boring it's like how much of Michael Myers do you actually see and it's like mm-hmm. it's just it takes place in one house pretty much and it's just it's very boring like when I go back and watch Scream even though Scream was later on I still think Scream is kind of well now it, it doesn't hold up as much as I thought mm-hmm. it did and you know so yeah just like Dawn of the Dead Day of the Dead I am a huge zombie buff zombies are everything to me and I will admit those movies don't those oh you know that's another fucking remake that I like the new the remake of Dawn of the Dead of like 2005 or something oh with uh, Zack Snyder oh my god that was a fucking good yeah that one. was that was great yeah I uh but the, the only thing is it's it's a weird thing um and it was the same problem with Halloween as well I managed to get over it but have you noticed in a lot of horror movie remakes they just make the characters dickheads for no reason like uh with the actors or like uh the actual actual like the murder. actual characters like the actual the oh, characters yeah, yeah. get murdered yeah yeah they're just like there's there's like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre you know the the kids are kind of hippies or stuff but they're not like dickheads or anything but it seems like every horror movie that gets remade like I know I know you love it and stuff but Rob Zombie's Halloween oh. he made it that, that's like Rob Zombie's like thing I guess is characters who are just colossal dickheads and you know Halloween well, the new Friday the 13th I think, this I think it's more of like cause like I think nowadays in the, the, the world that we live in we respond more to to the actual killer like this whole obsession with um, Ted Bundy and all this stuff on Netflix, and then now you're, people are going down that water hole where they're just like looking at serial killers and all this other stuff. You you kind of relate more to the serial killers now. So now the dickheads now and the remakes and now when they do all these new horror movies, there mm-hmm. is they want you to hate the good guy because they want you to root for the bad guy or at least understand why he is the way he is. You know, and I, I think that's the direction they're trying to go, which is not a bad direction, but it's also like I don't know, I when I when I sit down and I wanna watch a horror movie, especially if it's a remake, I I want here's my my couple key things of remake for horror movies are um obviously I don't mind if you change the storyline 'cause but then you gotta keep it somewhat of the same story if it's a remake. Or, you know, I want Whatever they did before, I want it doubled. So if there's one pound of blood, I want, you know, three pounds of blood. I want this, or mm-hmm. I want I want more good. Whatever the first film, like, go back, watch it. Whatever the first film lacks is what you need to bring to your remakes. And these are the couple things that I really look forward in remakes. But we'll see. I And that's, that's a good question there. It's something I actually wanted to ask you, but you kind of touched on it. But let's kind of expand on it a little bit. When... A remake is made, especially if it's a remake of something that you already enjoy. Should it focus more on kind of providing fan service and speaking to the fans who originally liked that story, or should it work on changing something around, trying something new to potentially bring in new fans who didn't like the original? Well, why can't you do both? Why can't you? I I would say if you were gonna, if I was a director and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna remake something. What am I gonna remake? Let's remake The Thing, okay? This is a classic. Careful. Everyone loves The Thing. There's nothing really wrong with it. But I would do research. I would spend a good six months talking to actors, that, if you can, talking to the previous director, mm-hmm. talking to the producers. Like, hey, I don't want to destroy this movie, 
but I want to make it more modernized. I want to bring new people to the genre of what the thing did. I want to do what the thing did back then, now in 2019. So you got to really think about it. It's not just like, oh, I love that movie so much. I'm just going to remake it. Um, you have mm-hmm. to like pay homage because you don't want to. It's kind of like we were talking about Game of Thrones. You don't want to piss off the people that have been there, made you who you are. But you also want to bring in people that are can't think for themselves and then they just want to go and be entertained. So you also you want to do the both the best of both worlds, and it can be possible because we have seen it done before. I just I would like both. Um, not to try to cop out of your question, I think mm-hmm. there you know you can do both. What is it hard? Fuck yeah. I mean, you know, horror movies are probably the easiest things to make. Um, I don't know. I have I well, I kind of made one, but I, I mean, I'm not a director, but. They're, well, it's, it's the simplest, like structure-wise. Yeah. Like the, the three-act structure is always the same. It seems. Yeah. Um, it's the easiest one to set up, but it's I think it's the hardest one to pull off convincingly, because yeah. what scares different people, or even what kind of scares they want to go for, are so different from person to person. Like, some people just like to have the jump scare. You know, they like to have the adrenaline rush where they get spooked out you know and mm-hmm. ah loud noise I'm scared now whereas other people like the more creeping atmospheric dread you know that's my personal favorite kind um, I like- but it's a good thing it's a good thing you brought up the thing specifically because now I get to go on a bit of a rant and I get to yell because <laughs> they actually they actually did remake the thing and it was it made me furious I watched it I was so excited going into it because it's like oh jesus christ i love the thing so much you know i can't wait for them to remake it well well real quick before you start ranting yeah here's a question for you do you do you think there's certain movies like holy grail movies that should never be remaked like horror movies not really no i just think think there's there's none that's untouchable I think there's always room for improvement. I don't think there's such a thing as a perfect movie. Like, even when you consider, like, the the very best of the best, like The Exorcist, you know, everyone looks at that as, like, one of the greatest horror movies of all time. There are still parts that don't age particularly well. Yeah. And could really do with a fresh coat of paint. And I think if a story is good enough, it's always worth trying to explore it again. Maybe well, from a different angle. Well, I like what they're doing. Um, with well, they haven't did it in a little bit, but they kind of did it. Like they didn't want to remake The Exorcist. They're like, no, fuck that. I'm not. I don't think they remake The Exorcist. I haven't heard of it. But well, they made a couple of sequels. Well, that's what I'm saying. So they didn't want to remake it. So they made some sequels, and then they did sp- like not spinoffs, but in the world of exorcism, like the ex- exorcism of Emily Rose and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, see that that to me is okay. Like obviously. Like, um, if you, I'm trying to give a good example. Okay. Like, uh, what's a good ghost movie? A good, okay. Here's a, here's, it's not really a ghost movie, but it's a, it's a possession movie, the shining. So that's, that's considered one, you know, a lot of people say the shining is one of the Holy grails too. I've actually never seen the shining. I know of the story. I understand the story. It's kind of like witches and warlocks and possession kind of, kind of thing. So instead of remaking The Shining, they continue going on with, um, you know, they they take that form and they put it in so many other movies just to test it out. But it's one of those movies that they never want to remake. Well, now they're making a sequel of it, which I'm, we'll talk about in a second. But um, 
mm-hmm. you know, it's just yeah. So I I I get the whole I don't know like the thing. Um, I, I just I feel like you're gonna hate me. I've never seen the original thing. Oh, the John Carpenter or the 1956? Because the actual the thing that's John Carpenter's the thing. My favorite is actually a remake of the original thing. No, which is like I said, one of the reasons why I'm not so against the idea of remakes. Yeah, and that's like I said, you know, I don't ever think there's a film that's perfect enough that it can't be remade. Because that film, apparently, the 1950s version was pretty popular. It was pretty well received. Yeah, but they still took it and improved upon it, and it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Uh, I mean, I didn't see John Carpenter's The Thing. Ah. So, so well, I mean, you know. I will hold that against you till the day you die or see it, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I am, um, but I think the only reason why I didn't see it, like, so I think the biggest thing for me is, um, I like a certain type of horror. I've always mm-hmm. been attracted to certain type, like bloody gore, like mm-hmm. mindless thinking horror. As I, mm-hmm. that was like growing up now as an adult, I think the thing that scares me more than anything like if I what I want in horror now is stuff that makes me think about it later like stuff that like stuff that hits home for me like stuff that like so like you know you're talking about child's play okay yeah the whole Alexa thing and you know Google thing and stuff like that like that that is scary and that does scare me I wish it was portrayed I wish they just didn't name it child's play and they just called it something totally different um mm-hmm. <laughs> and just but you know stuff like that kind of scares me. I think um, recently I just watched uh, the documentary of Slenderman, and that that's that was fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I I heard a lot about that uh, about that case, and I can imagine that probably like freak some people out. I think um, I think yeah that I've been watching a lot of documentaries now about real people, real murderers, like understanding them. I'm I'm down that rabbit hole. I, that's that's what I'm following. That's my new thing in horror that I'm really doing. Um, so when I hear there's remakes coming out, I'm kind of like, eh, uh, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But hey, wait a minute. It's that time. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Here's a word from our sponsor. Bring it back. Bring it back. All right, we're back. Man. That was that was a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I aged about six years waiting on that shit. <laughs> All right, so we get a decent paycheck at least. Now, what are some remakes that you would love to see happen? God, that's a good question. Uh, strictly horror or other films as well. Uh, so, in the world of horror, I'm a hundred percent on board with fantasy and sci-fi. To me, that is under the horror umbrella. Anything that piques your interest, that can scare you, is mm-hmm. is any thriller, anything that's a that's a that would scare you to me is horror. Um. So yeah, any sci-fi, you know, anything. Like that. <sighs> Let's see if I can think about it. I got a. Movie. Um. I got a movie. Go for it. This is a stupid movie. You probably have never heard of it. So. Little fun fact about me: My grandparents raised me. My grandfather, he was born in the '40s. He um he had all these movies on VHS when I was growing up, and there's this one black and white horror movie. It was called Them, and I think it came out in like '58, maybe maybe '59. 
Um, is that the one with the ants? Yes, it was. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I remember watching that. I was like six years old. Yes. So I, that, you know, watching that, <laughs> watching that, um, it was in black and white, so it sucked. But it was cool because they're monsters, but they're on Earth. Like, they're from us, and they just happen to get big. Like, I'm. this is a cheesy horror flick, and I, I hate that David Arquette's in this, but Eight-Legged Freaks... I loved because I love the fact of things that are like are here every day. Like, mm-hmm. what if ants actually got bigger somehow, and like just started burrowing underneath all of our towns and stuff, and then coming up and eating us and shit like that? There was a horror. Well, I don't think it was a horror movie, but I forget what it's called. But there was aliens that came down, but they were like prey mantises, and they turned into people. What the fuck? I'm gonna look that up real quick. Um, that was another kind of movie like that. Uh, well, like the Pod People. Is it the Pod People? I don't know. Or Body Snatchers, I think something like that. Pray Mantis. If you want to go on and tell, I'll look at. I'll try to find this out. All right. So I, I wouldn't necessarily call this a need for a remake, but something I definitely want to see more of is just I want to see more creatures from folklore uh, in movies. Just more creature features in general. I think it's a very undermined kind of uh, kind of market. It has so much potential. I'm, I'm sick and tired of human antagonists in movies. I'm tired of demons and ghosts and shit. And I understand why it's an easy writing tool. You don't ever have to explain how they just disappear and reappear and they pull the trick where they suddenly appear behind you and go, boo! But they don't kill you. Because it's like, oh, they're ghosts. They're just fucking with you, you know? Mm-hmm. But some of my favorite guilty pleasure horror movies when I was a child were creature features. One of them being a movie called Dog Soldiers. I'm not sure if you ever heard of it. It's a British werewolf movie. One of the only decent werewolf horror movies I've ever seen. About this group of, like, SAS soldiers or some shit. They get caught on a training exercise, get attacked by this big pack of werewolves, and they get like stuck in this house they gotta survive till dawn and all kinds of crazy shit goes down it's not a perfect movie the characters aren't the best with the exception of this great crazy cockney bastard called Spoon who I think beats a werewolf to death with a frying pan in the middle of the movie best part of the movie by far but (laughs) just convincing human-sized monsters is something that I've been missing out on for a while now. I guess probably because CGI, especially realistic-looking CGI, is getting expensive these days. Yeah. Um, so you said you, you, want, you want them to be human-sized? They can't be like... Well, the problem with giant creature features... I, for one thing, you rerun the uncanny valley. Uncanny Valley? You've heard of it? There there you go. Sorry. You, you kind of broke oh. up for a second. Oh, did I drop out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with, with the, the big creatures, it kind of, you run into the Uncanny Valley effect. You have a lot of trouble making them look realistic against the background. Yeah. Like some of, some of the recent ones I saw, like Lake Placid. That's a pretty common, pretty popular crocodile movie. Yeah. I, fuck, I fucking love crocodile movies. They're great. They're like sharks, but better. Oh, man. You know, they, I, got, they, I got something to tell you then. Oh yeah, uh, crawl that one that's coming out. Yeah, you you know who directed it, right? 
Uh, no, actually, is that Sam Raimi? No, the guy directed High Tensions, directed Claw. Oh shit! So I know you're excited. <laughs> uh, uh, for the listeners at home, uh, High Tension is a French uh, horror movie. This director, I forget, I have, I'm going to butcher his name, Alexander. Yeah, um, he. Let me, uh, let me look it up. I can I can usually speak Frenchy. Um, keep keep talking. I'm going to look it up. So basically, he made uh, this great horror flick called High Tension. He made a couple other ones, but High Tension was his most notable one. And he's venturing off to a new uh, horror flick that I'm really excited about. Um, it sounds pointless. It just seems like there's a flood in Florida, and these crocodiles are just fucking eating people. But I, I think it's great. You know why? Because it's real. <laughs> like this, this is the shit that no one talks about when there is flooding, when a hurricane does come. No one talks about this. Now, this isn't no. Sh- Sharknado. This isn't no like there's a tornado and sharks are flying out of the fucking sky. This is realistic, and um, I do like some crocodile ones. That's a good one. Look, don't get me wrong. I I don't expect it to be a great film just from the trailer, but I am definitely gonna go see it in theaters because it looks entertaining if nothing else. Like there was a a shark film came out relatively recently called The Shallows. Okay, uh, I know what you're talking about. Blake Lively in it. Yeah, and it wasn't an amazing movie by any stretch of the imagination. But it was entertaining. I liked watching the shark kill people. Blake Lively's hot. She spends like the entire movie in a swimsuit. It's great. Really uh, kind of stupid ending, but you know, it's to be expected pretty much. I feel, but, I, feel, I feel like it's so hard for people to go into a genre and really knock it out of the park. Like the whole shark thing. Ever since Jaws, it's so hard to... Like, Deep Blue Sea, I thought was a pretty entertaining. It had some good actors in it and stuff. Um, but it's so hard to really go into a world where it was dominated by one or two movies. And it's it, like everyone's going to compare every shark film that came out to Jaws. Everyone, you're just subconsciously, you're going to do it. Well, it was good, but Jaws was better. And mm-hmm. so there's certain movies out there that are just going to do that. You need to think of something original, like uh, James Wan. And the stupid uh, Saw franchise, mm-hmm. like he just took, he, he just flipped it upside. I commend him. Obviously, the later films it tend to be get really redundant. It's the same shit all over again. But it's like he took it and he ran with it, and that's great. I think. Um, so it's just kind of that's it, it's lurid to do something like that. So with alligators, though, I mean, Lake Plastic was one of the bigger ones, but I don't really know too many alligator movies. Well, there was one, it was, it was actually a funny story behind it. Um, back when I was younger, you know, we never really had a whole lot of money or something like that. So we never like went to Blockbuster or anything like that and got brand new movies. We would usually just find like the used movie bin or the clearance section in some used bookstore or something and just say, all right, you guys can get two movies. And one of them, let me look up the because it's an Australian alligator. I think it was a crocodile movie. It's like called Blackwater, I think. Crocodile Dundee. Comes to New York. <laughs> Blackwater. You never looked up okay, that? Okay, it's, it's not something, but it's it's one of those. It's one of the It's you know just a couple of friends get lost in the you know in the outback, and there's this big ass crocodile that just starts terrorizing them and stuff. Not that great of a movie. Needed a lot more gore, a lot more violence, mm-hmm. but. I'll tell you what, dude. Hey, I, I, I'll tell you what I think it is. I think 
when you have a serious director who comes in, like kind of makes a breach in a brand new genre and does something that's just above and beyond, like Steven Spielberg did with Jaws, I think it kind of scares off the competition, so to speak. And the only way they try and break into that market is through like self-aware or satire kind of things. It's like the, the, the newest shark movie that I saw was the Meg. Oh I'm my sure you God. saw the trailer saw, for that one. I saw that movie. Oh, uh, so did I. I went. I actually went with my with my little sister who loves horror movies uh, to see it in theaters. I'm sorry. <laughs> she talked. She talked me into it, and I'm still kind of mad at her about it. I, what uh, a waste of my time. I. I you got. Can, can get, we talk for a minute just how much I hate Jason Statham? By the by. Jason Statham has made three good movies in his whole life. Name them for me. I want to know which ones they are. Snatch. You know what Snatch is? I have not seen it, but I. It's a if guy, one of the Guy Ritchie. Uh, mm-hmm. made he he, Guy Ritchie. Look up Snatch. He. It's one of. It's probably one of. It's in my top five favorite movies of all time. It's an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. It's a British movie, but it has a lot of mm-hmm. good people in it. Um, the next one would. Well, have, I... The next one would have to be The Italian Job. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. I didn't think that was a bad movie. And then the last one is Crank. Those are the three best movies that Jason Statham was in. And Crank, well, he was just fucking on adrenaline the whole time, just running around fucking bitches and killing people. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I can't really get too mad at that. Um, I haven't seen Snatch, but I have seen Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Which that Snatch, was a great movie. Snatch is the sequel. Just to throw in, everyone out there. In spite of Jason Statham, that was a great movie. But he, the problem is he's the Bruce Willis of British people. And he pisses me off. He, it's like he had one great runaway movie, and that was Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrel, uh, Two Smoking Barrels. And he gets super popular, just like Bruce Willis would die hard. And then he's like, okay, I have the movie star looks. I've got some celebrity. I don't have to do shit. I can just, just underact my way through every fucking movie I'm ever in and just collect a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis has not made a good movie in like 15 fucking years. Nope. The Sixth Sense, Die Hard. That's about it, as uh, far as I'm aware. He's really good. I, I like him when he pay. What was that movie called? The Nine Yards and the Ten Yards? Like, uh, there was a comedy. I, I haven't seen was, those. It's a comedy. He actually was really good in a comedy. But action-wise, yeah, I agree. But holy shit, The Meg was bad. And it pissed me off, too, because I read the books. When I was a kid, I didn't realize it until about halfway through the movie. It's like this this story seems really familiar. And I thought about it because, of course, I'm not using my brain on this fucking movie. You know, it's a waste of time. It's like, holy shit, this used to be a. I used to read these books, you know, so I, I knew all the plot twists and stuff ahead of time. And uh, uh, I, pro- I, I went in thinking it was kind of like Piranha. It's just going to be entertaining, and I'm not going to give a fuck. Yeah, that's what, dude. That's what I thought it was going to be too, and that's what my little sister she talked me into watching it based on that. She's like, "Look, this is just going to be a stupid, dumb, fun action horror movie. A bunch of people are going to die." And I didn't look at the rating. If I would have saw PG-13, I would have said, "Fuck no, I'm not watching that." <laughs> and apparently, the director John Turtletaub, who I think he was like Walking Dead or something, he was. I, I recognize that name from somewhere. Um, he wanted to make like a stupid, gory B movie slapstick kind of thing, and these little cocksuckers running the studio said, "No, we're not going to do that. We need something that we can sell to kids, so make it PG thirteen." So we cut. Haven't they realized that 
like um, companies are making more monies when they are R-rated or something that's like not suitable for kids, eventually kids will see it. So. Yeah, it's uh, ah, dude, it, it made me so pissed. And you know, I don't know if you've realized it or not. The I'm sure we've talked about it before. The kind of the the trend now of pandering to China because China has such a massive audience yeah. of filmmakers. Um, it's it was absurd. It was blatant in that movie. Like the Mariana Trench. Let me find out where that is real quick. Let me show my ignorance of uh, basic geography. Okay, so the Mariana Islands, da, 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 the Western Pacific Ocean. I have no idea where the fuck that is in the world, but I know it's nowhere near. The characters, for whatever reason, all these like American characters, they have nothing to do with China. They have a lab that's located off the coast of China. Yeah. And the main character who they go to recruit, for whatever reason, he goes from America and goes to live in Beijing. And they find him on the streets of Beijing. And they, they keep all these shots of, like, basically the Chinese version of Times Square. And then the last, like, big scene of the movie is on some beach in Taiwan or something like that right off the coast. And the fucking Chinese Coast Guard comes in to save the day. It's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, that's why the movie's so sanitized is because the Chinese media board or whatever the fuck it's called, they have such a straight, like a strong list of things you're not allowed to do if you want your movie to play in China, which is why, just FYI, uh, I, I promise I'm not going on a rant about it, but you will never see an openly gay main character in a Marvel movie because they don't allow homosexuality in China. Just throwing that out there. I'll, I'll eat my hat if I'm wrong. That's we'll see. Interesting. So Yeah, they... What's up? No, no, go on. That's... No, they, they have a, a list of things that you're not allowed to show in a movie if you want it to be shown in China. And it's stuff like uh, there can't be prostitution, homosexuality, uh, or any other deviant sexual acts, as they call it. Um, they also don't allow showing ghosts. Um, really? Any? Yeah, you, there will never be. It's, it's one of the reasons why uh, the Warcraft movie, I think that wasn't shown in China because there were, like, ghosts in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's absurd, man. But that's a that's a big market, so they're missing out a lot of shit. Yeah, they lost a lot of money doing um, that. Not to interrupt you. Mm -hmm. Oh, you probably should. Well, well there's <laughs> just yeah. just vaudeville Kane while I'm just sitting <laughs> up there screaming on the stage. So we 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 know you love Jason Statham, but uh, all right. So that so that French director mm -hmm. that I like, so I love High Tension. I think it's one of the one, a great movie. Yeah, we need to talk about that one of these days for sure. Because uh, I have I have thoughts on that movie. We need to talk about it. Alexander Asia, so he's a French director. He also mm -hmm. filmed the remake of The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> That's like in my top. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm like looking this up. This guy like, is like this guy's like your Quentin Tarantino, huh? Dude, his birthday is my birthday. I think he also just get married. I think I'm about to blow him. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Anyway, he well, he also made Piranha 3D. So, I, you know, you got to see it that sometimes in life you just got to get knocked down, and that's one of them. No, look, that, that movie, I will defend it to the end of my days. It's just a fun movie. It yeah. makes no – the story makes no sense. The characters are stupid. Uh -huh. There's a lot of unnecessary titties, although I would argue there's no such thing as, as uh, unnecessary titties. Um but it's just a fun time, man. It's yeah. a very gory, entertaining movie. The sequel is a colossal piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> Piranha 3 Double D. Don't ever waste your time, well, man. That thing was pissed me off. 
it said that all he did was direct it, but all the other movies he was a producer, director, and partial writer for things. So, you know, maybe that's probably why it wasn't the greatest of all his movies. Hold on. <coughs> okay. But no, I wanted to interrupt you because I recently just watched a movie, and I just remembered it. And I, I want to tell you this right now, and please, for the listeners at home, let me finish talking before you start deleting this uh, or turning off this episode. I watched a remake of It, and I turned it off halfway through because I thought it was stupid. You son of a bitch. It I'll kill a, you. It is a stupid remake. You know, it's this whole – all right, so – all right. Let's let's rewind this. Let's quit in Tarantino it. I'll fucking mm-hmm. kill you. All right, let's go back. Let's go back. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically uh, – so all right. So the original one – see, the whole the – whole, I don't really enjoy I, – I, I don't like – I mean, clowns are fine to me. I have no problem with clowns. The whole story of it, even the miniseries that was on TV, eh, it was okay. Didn't scare me. I will say, though, um, I enjoyed the miniseries a little bit better than this movie. Now, this movie has – Really? Yes. This movie has some good spots in it, but it was just kind of like – I don't know. It was just I, – I will – I'll go ahead before I jump into like a full-throated defense of this movie. I'll lay out my problems with it. Okay. The, f- the first big problem with it is I think probably there was some studio interference along the way. There's way too many unnecessary jump scares, which, as you know, is one of my main pet peeves when it yeah. comes to horror movies. I hate unnecessary jump scares. I hate... There, there's a word out there called diegetic, and it's basically like doesn't make sense in universe Mm -hmm. like if a shelf falls over in the background it's okay to have a loud noise that startles you because (laughs) something startling just happened an undiegetic jump scare is something like when there's a violin screech when nothing happens audibly on screen like someone's running around in the background oh okay and it happens all the fucking time in horror movies these days because I feel like directors they Horror movies, especially big budget ones, are such a risk these days. And audiences, the the majority of audiences, will not be satisfied unless they feel like they've been scared by a horror movie. And I feel that if they're not sure that they can get them with atmosphere or tension or with proper, proper setup or something like that, they'll just say, oh, let's throw a couple of jump scares in here, make people jump because we play a loud noise and have this flashing light or something, and then that way, even if people don't like the movie, they can at least say that it scared them and that it was scary or something like that. But when I get invested in a horror movie, and I was invested in it, those moments where, you know, they'll just be walking around and then the clown will jump out and yell, boo, and there'll be like a violin screech or something, it would grind the movie to a halt. Like, the atmosphere would be getting set up, it's just beautiful, like these decayed houses and shit, and there's like this nightmare of existential dread there's like a dead girl on the ground she's been cut in half and shit and then you know oh we got we got to bring in the string quartet it's time for a jump scare all these unnecessary sounds and soundtracks and musical scores it took away from the achievements of the film well I just the jump scares okay I'm gonna be very honest with you I wanted it to be more scarier I wasn't scared Maybe it's because I can understand that maybe, completely. Maybe it is because I know the story. And maybe it is because I really didn't find Bill what's his name? Asgard. 
<laughs> Ask, I can't say his fucking name. Stuttering Bill? Yeah, Stuttering Bill. Bill yeah. Denborough. Yeah. No, 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 no. The guy played the actual clown. Um, Penny oh, Bill Skarsgård, yeah. Skarsgård, yeah. I He was great. I liked him in Castle Rock. I think he was creepy. I think he he's a good actor. I mean, you know, he's got a family filled with good actors. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't like him as Pennywise. I don't know. I just, I just, it just didn't, it really didn't pull me in. And then the kids, the kids were, uh, I don't know. I wish it was a little bit more raunchier. Like they could have been a little bit more raunchier with some of the things. Like the innuendo of like, you know, what's Beverly's father touching her and things like that. Like it should have shown mm-hmm. more. I don't know. It should have been more darker. I wanted more darker. Now that's just my personal uh, thing. So mm-hmm. I will say I heard that the, the second one, part two, chapter two, is going to be darker. And I heard it, that, what if if they follow the book, it will be significantly darker. And, yes. And so that might be one of those things where, OK, the first one is not as bad because I know there's a second one coming. But I don't know. I just I turned it off. I, I didn't finish it. I mean, I already know the story. I, I don't have to finish it, but it just didn't really. I don't know. It just kind of like it didn't. Well, like, I pull me in. I, I understand that completely. And it makes sense. Um, I would argue that the movie despite being kind of a horror movie, the movie isn't really meant to scare you past the opening scene. Like, it kind of front loads it. To me, the most harrowing scene in the entire movie was the opening scene with Georgie. Oh, yeah. Um, When his arm gets bitten off and he gets dragged back into the... (laughs) Yeah, that, honestly, like, I'll set up kind of the the past for it. Um, When I heard they were making an It movie, I was not happy. I was not excited at all. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go again with a Stephen King movie. This is going to just suck. And then people are going to say, oh, that was stupid. I better not read the book now because the movie was stupid, you know? And the, and the book is great. I love it. Um, and a trailer came out and I watched it and I was not impressed. It didn't look good. Uh, and then independently, my sister watched the same trailer. She'd never read anything by Stephen King. She hasn't really liked any of the movies of Stephen King she saw before. But with her, the kind of the chemistry between the characters in the Losers Club. Um, it brought her back to her childhood, you know, running around the neighborhood and shit and getting lost with all her friends and stuff. Kind of like the Goonies. Yeah. But a darker take on the Goonies, and she was instantly sold. Like, I had to to physically restrain her from going to see the movie, like, opening night because the crowds would have been just stupid. Oh, um, yeah. I did $700 million. So... Yeah. <laughs> We, we went and saw it as soon as we could and she f- just was she loved the movie she went back and saw it again at the theaters without me went ahead got the blu-ray and she's seen it like three or four times since then so I would argue the purpose of the film is not really to be a horror movie but to kind of fill the same kind of childhood friendship movie as like the Sandlot or the Goonies or something where it's this group of kids, these kind of outlaws, midget or not midgets. What the fuck am I saying? Um, what, what what's the M word? It's like it's what not not malcontents, but you know they're they're like they're on the outside. You know they're not they're not being looked after. They're kind of just these kids. Um, um, what is the word? Is it whatever the sure? fuck, whatever yeah. word it means. I know what you're talking um, about the outcast. The yeah, they're they're just kind of they're overcoming this threat be it a giant evil dog or you know their house getting repoed or a giant murderous clown Mm -hmm. that's meant to kind of symbolize growing up and how much it sucks to be an adult 
which is why the vast majority of the movie is just them hanging out and getting into fights with bullies and dealing with her abusive well, dad and stuff like that. It's kind of like I'm guessing now thinking about it, maybe like it's just this, it, this first movie is more of a setup for the second movie. Yeah, I think it's it's mostly building on the relationships of the characters. Yeah. So that way, when the really dark shit happens in the second movie, and like I said, if they follow the books, yeah. buckle in. Is this going to get bad? Um, well, I'm excited. It'll be a lot more emotionally impactful. I will see it because I have been uh, diving in more into horror things than I, you know, I've took a hiatus the last like four years, ever since my daughter's been born. I haven't been really mm -hmm. watching a lot of horror films, but I've been rehashing those. Uh, those enjoyment things in my life. Um, before we go, I know we've been talking about remakes all damn day. I'm going to say, I, this is not my favorite remake, and I don't know why, but I've seen this movie so many, I went to the movie theaters, and I saw this movie five times in the movie theaters. Jesus. It is a, it is a remake. It's a horror remake. And why I've seen it five times, because now thinking about it it was good but it's not like the greatest but the Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds I saw that I, I saw that movie five times was it really that good so here let me tell you the story so three times I saw, I saw it three times in one day so I was supposed to go with my girlfriend at the time and then my best friend was like he's a huge movie buff and we were just talking about it and he's like okay let's go see it so we went to the early showing I think it was like 11am we saw it then then afterwards I was hanging out with my girlfriend and we saw it around like 5 o'clock and then that night a group of my buddies that I grew up with were like hey we're gonna go to dinner we're gonna hang out just chit chat we used to just go to Denny's and just talk about dumb shit just talk about our childhood and stuff and, it, mm -hmm. and at, at the meal they were like hey you wanna go see Amityville Horror and I was like oh my god sure so I went to go see it again. So I think the third time I saw it that day, I was already kind of like over it for that day. But then a week goes by and I actually seen it two more times. Um, I I like I like Ryan Reynolds. I like his sarcasm. He was not he was a different actor in this film. I really do like the idea of of the possession part of it, and it was weird because I never really liked possessions that much, but. For some reason, I don't know. That was just it, it. It doesn't. It's not a great movie, but I loved it. <laughs> so, see, that's that's the whole point. I think that horror has that a lot of other movies don't have. Like you know, like oh well, you either like John Wick or you don't like John Wick. You either like Jurassic Park or you don't like Jurassic Park. There is no well, it wasn't good, but I liked it. And I think horror movies. That's one of the things that intrigues me. It might like uh, scream. It's not a good movie. It's stupid. But I, did you watch it? Fuck yeah. Is it a is it a cult classic? Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's like you know, yeah, I don't know. Zombie Land. That's well, that's the weird thing about the horror genre. Really, is there's there's very few like mainstream success stories where it's like there's these massive, you know, blockbuster killing movies that get all these massive sequels and franchises and stuff. But it's more that there's about half of the horror films, especially the low-budget ones, they pick up a cult following and yeah. become profitable that way over time. Mm -hmm. It's a crying shame because that means that only low-budget horror movies continue to get made unless they're like ridiculously safe, which is why the only big-budget movies you see these days are remakes or sequels because they have an established fan base. Yeah. Um, 
Well, you know, hopefully horror, horror movies, they're cheap to make, and the pro- mm-hmm. the profit's much better. It's a better turnaround, like you like you were saying. If you film a horror movie and it's all dark, like look at that episode of Game of Thrones, the the Battle of Winterfell. <laughs> that not to bring that up, but if if you, for the fans that watched it, literally like ninety percent of that whole episode is in the dark because there, you see monsters, but you don't really see the monsters because it is dark. So it was cheaper for them to make it, but but they made it so good that. You know, uh, you, you get what I'm saying. That's that's the cool thing about low budget horror films, and then remakes, like you said, they do have a following, so they'll just capitalize on the following and move on from there. But there's so many, so many movies out there that they can make remakes of. There's so many out there. I'm still waiting for well, like Gremlins. You know, I would like a sequel to Gremlins. You don't have to remake Gremlins, but fucking make a Gremlins three. Do it. Like. <laughs> Well, that's that's something else right there. You know, we were talking about how cheap horror movies are to make, and I think that's another reason why both sequels and remakes is something they get wrong. Um, a lot of times, the scarier a movie is, the less it shows. It allows yeah. kind of like your imagination to fill things in, because oftentimes effects will not hold up to time. Like I think the thing is one of the few movies that I can still look back on and say those have those are really good special effects. Uh, especially for the 80s. But the remakes, it seems like they're obsessed with getting all the CGI in there and showing everything. Like these grandiose, these these crazy shots of of these monsters just brutally decapitating people and there's blood everywhere and stuff like that. And that can be great in its, in its own way. Like, I was one of the few people, apparently, who didn't hate Freddy vs. Jason. Meh, that was okay. Look, you cannot tell me the scene where the dude gets folded in half in a folding bed is not badass. <laughs> the wrong way well, he gets folded. I like I like what you were saying though. I, I do agree. I feel like, you know, people fans of horror movies grow up and they become directors and they wanna remake that horror movie because they love that horror movie, but they wanna they wanna put that like they wanna put Freddy Cougar in situations that they wish they were in back then. Like, if I was, a, so I'm a huge fan of Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's great. I love it. But I wish Freddy would have just stuck his fingers like in someone's nose and just ripped off his nostril. Fast forward 30 years, I'm a director. I can make a Freddy, Friday, I mean, uh, a movie like that. Get Robert England on the phone, get him to come back, and I'll remake it, but I'll get him to do that extra thing. See, to you, that's a big thing, but to other people, you're ruining. I don't know. You're adding something that shouldn't be added. Like the prequels with Star Wars. They added so much CGI that it was kind of overwhelming. But when they, when, but then when The Force Awakens comes out, they, they had puppets again. They had people in costumes. They had things that people fell in love with. So if they remake like the Gremlins, I, you know, one or two things CGI, that's fine. But I really hope, you know, they Jim Hansen that shit and make some puppets. <laughs> Well, that's something there. Um, outside of horror movies, do you think there's a market for potentially remaking like disastrous films in a series that didn't go over too well? Like, if they decided to remake the Star Wars prequels, like the series, the saga of Darth Vader and how Anakin Skywalker fell from grace, but this time it has the budget, it has the CGI, the special effects and the talented actors to pull it off, do you think that's something they should try? Or maybe there's, like, no profit in it for them because the story's been done? 
I think they would lose more money because nowadays it just seems like because look look who owns it, especially Star Wars, Disney. Mm. They're gonna throw every fucking thing they have at it just because they want to make it like billions of dollars. When you need to humble yourself and make little movies, I would rather have three or four movies that were you know only twenty million to make instead of four hundred million to make, unknown mm-hmm. actors, and maybe just one or two famous people to carry on that little like the new series for Star Wars. Um, I really hope they don't go too big, and I really hope they humble themselves and. Make sure it's it's really good, but I also hope they fail because those writers are fucking assholes for leaving a uh, game. Yeah, those world. those fucking pricks. But um, that's the thing. I <laughs> at, at the end of the day, you know, I got to be kind of a mercenary. Yeah, I I don't have much loyalty. I just want there to be a good movie to watch. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that still rubs me rubs me wrong what they did to, oh, to Game geez. of Thrones. Oh god. On that note, thank you for listening to this episode of <laughs> of uh, Couch on Fire podcast. And uh, fuck the thing. Fuck the oh Jesus! You said it. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, fuck the thing. Tw- I think it's like 2011 or something like that. It was a remake. Oh God! It just sounds hard. Fuck that place, man. Uh, fuck the new Predator. Ugh. That was oh my oh, God. God.